0: You're listening to Comedy Central. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah, and it is now day 52 of us staying inside to try and stop the spread of coronavirus. And here's your quarantine tip of the day. If you need to Venmo somebody money, instead of sending the full amount, send $1 at a time, and that way it'll make it feel like you're making it rain. I'll make it rain, I'll make it rain, i make it rain on them hoes. Hey, grandpa, yeah, the money's in now. Anyway, on tonight's episode, how coronavirus made college a lot less fun, why llamas might save us all from coronavirus, and the Supreme Court gets caught with its pants down. So let's get into it. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, This is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. You know, there are many great rays out there. Ray Romano, Ray Donovan, uh, Ray Romano. Did I say that one already? But out of all the rays, the one ray we need the most right now is a ray of sunshine. (laughs) Let's kick it off in Amsterdam capital of the Netherlands, and if hotboxing was a city. Like many places around the world, they're slowly starting to reopen as the pandemic subsides. And one Dutch restaurant is giving us a glimpse of what our post-corona world might look like
1: a dutch restaurant is testing out a unique concept that follows social distancing guidelines it is a small glass pod designed to fit up to three diners the food is passed through the door from a safe distance and only groups that live in the same house are permitted to share the space the vegan eatery in amsterdam has built five glass pods the concept is proving to be quite popular the pods are booked through next month
0: yes this dutch restaurant has started serving people their food inside a tiny greenhouse. And this is a great idea, but at the same time, it gets rid of one of the best parts of eating at a restaurant, eavesdropping on the other table. I mean, that's the only reason I go to restaurants, otherwise I'd eat at home. I wanna know why people are getting divorced, don't you? And is it just me? Or does eating like this basically turn us into hamsters? I mean, like soon we'll be drinking from those upside down water dispensers. Excuse me for a moment, I'm just gonna sip some wine. But it's not just the Netherlands coming up with novel ways to deal with the novel virus. In Oregon, a strip club has figured out a way to entertain customers from the safety of their cars. That's a strip club in Oregon. They were forced to improvise during this era of social distancing. The Lucky Devil Lounge is offering a drive through strip show for carry-out orders and food deliveries by dancers and what the owner has dubbed food to go-go. We hand them the food. Usually I'll just place it on the ground if I can do that kind of smoothly. Try to ask them doing and make sure that they're doing well and kind of give them a social interaction so that they're getting their food but they're also getting, you know, that...
1: Comradery
0: or whatever from a person. Oh, hell yeah. A drive through strip club. <laughs> now I've truly seen it all. This is what coronavirus has basically done to society. People are going to strip clubs for the food. You know what I hope? I hope they have the DJ still working as part of that strip club. Coming to the stage right now, she's hot and juicy, rotisserie chicken! You know, when you think about it, The whole world is basically living with strip club rules right now. Yeah, no touching, and you should probably wash your hands every 10 seconds. And finally, some news about the search for a coronavirus cure that's very exciting and also totes adorable.
1: A llama by the name of Winter could actually be key to finding a cure to the coronavirus. US and Belgian scientists say they have actually identified a tiny particle in the llama that appears to block the virus and they aim to roll out human trials later this year.
0: Okay, I'm sorry guys, this is just amazing. Llamas might have the antibodies we need to defeat COVID-19. And I think I need someone to explain to me how science actually works. Because like, how did this come about? Were scientists just sitting around like, Mike, I need you to test the virus. Peter, see if you can find out anything on the antibodies. And Steve, go play with a llama. See if anything comes up. But I guess once again, this proves why we need to let more llamas into medical school. If this llama can cure corona without any training, just imagine what it can do after it reads some books. And this is really exciting. Because if the human trials are successful, we might have a cure. And even if they're not successful, we might have our first human llama superhero. I will say though, this news is probably gonna raise the bar for a lot of pets, because people right now are looking at their cats at home like this llama is out there curing diseases. And what have you done lately, Mr. Whiskers? Now look, this research is still preliminary and we don't know if it'll work, but apparently some big pharma companies aren't waiting to find out.
1: The coronavirus pandemic has touched us all. But now,
0: there's hope. With Lamanol, the first prescription llama. Here's how it works. We send you a llama, and you, uh, lick it? Or maybe just hang around with it? We don't think you have to eat it, but, you know, we're not sure. We kind of just rush this to market. Side effects may include llama spit, llamas eating your lawn, llama diarrhea, getting llama wool everywhere, and becoming a Tiger King, but
1: for llamas. Llama no. Tell us if it works.
0: Uh, Count me in. All right, that's it for today's sunshine. Let's jump straight into the headlines. Let's kick it off with the Supreme Court. It's the highest court in the land and the court with the most overhyped robes. I mean, the appeals court has basically the same robes. It's like the same quality and style. It just doesn't have the logo, so much cheaper. And this week, the Supremes heard arguments on important issues, like whether health insurance has to cover birth control and whether robocalls are protected as free speech. Now, if you ask me, robocalls should not be protected, all right? They're basically unsolicited dick pics for your ears. You never asked for it and they never make you more interested in the product. But I guess that's for the Supreme Court to decide, not me. Although they won't be deciding it in the court, because like a lot of us right now, the justices are working from home. Yeah, for the first time ever, they're holding Supreme Court hearings over the phone. And it turns out that conducting court business by conference call isn't going as planned.
1: Well, it was an awkward moment during the first ever Supreme Court arguments held by phone. At one point during the hearing, something unexpected was heard as a lawyer was speaking. Listen closely. And uh, change these laws that apply to banks. And what the FCC has said is that when the subject matter of the call ranges to the topics, then the call is transformed. Yes, that was a toilet flushing. It's unclear who was the source of that toilet flush. The lawyer, Ramon Martinez, did not seem phased or even notice the interruption. He just kept making his argument.
0: Oh, this is so embarrassing one of the justices forgot to mute while going to the bathroom, or as they call it, dropping a verdict. And that's why you should always follow that rhyme. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If you're on a call with Ruth Bader, flush it later. And you know what? Don't feel bad for the person who was caught on the toilet during oral arguments. You should feel bad for the courtroom sketch artist who had to watch it all. Let's move on to nurses. They're the frontline heroes of the pandemic and the only people you thank when they stab you. Yesterday, Some of them got to visit the Oval Office for a presidential reception that quickly turned exactly how you would expect. Yesterday was National Nurses Day. President Trump honored the frontline workers at the White House, but had an awkward moment with one nurse from Louisiana who said access to supplies has been sporadic.
1: So PPE has been sporadic, uh, but it's been manageable. And we do what we have to do. We're nurses and we learn to adapt and do whatever the best thing that we can do for our patients to get the job done and get the care provided. And that's what we're gonna continue to do as COVID-19 continues. Mm. Sporadic for you, but not sporadic for a lot of other people.
0: Oh, no, I agree, Mr. President.
1: Because I've heard the opposite. I've heard that they are loaded up with with, uh, gowns now. Only
0: Donald Trump would dismiss the concerns of a frontline nurse at a reception to celebrate National Nurses Day. If Donald Trump was a 911 operator, that would be a disaster. Hello, 911, my house, it's being robbed. Well, I've heard a lot of houses aren't being robbed. In fact, most people have told me their houses are not being robbed right now. What, sir, I wasn't blaming you. I mean, you called me out of nowhere and started complaining. It sure feels personal, so personal. And you can tell Trump took it personally because Donald Trump has the least subtle body language of anybody on earth. I mean, look at him, sulking like a toddler. National Nurses Day was supposed to be my day. And I really feel bad for that nurse because you could see she did not expect to be attacked by the president just for telling the truth. Someone should have told her, you don't disagree with Trump until you leave the White House and have a book to sell. All right, that's it for the headlines. After the break, we're gonna find out how coronavirus might get you into the college of your dreams. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. You know, usually when we talk about coronavirus, we focus on the lives lost, the economy, and jobs. But the truth is, this pandemic is changing our world in a million different ways. And one of those ways is how higher education is functioning. And we're gonna learn all about that in our new segment, College in the Time of Corona. In normal times, college is one of the greatest periods in a young person's life. You make your closest friends, you soak up exciting new ideas, you have your athletic abilities financially exploited. But all that changed this year when COVID-19 hit and campuses across the country shut down like this.
1: The sudden closure of college campuses across the country over the coronavirus sent millions of students home early. These students barely had any time to pack up their things and leave. A lot of folks said that they had to leave their belongings on campus.
0: I got a call on Sunday sort of saying, like, it's time to go. So I didn't really have time to say goodbye to anyone. We didn't have any boxes. We were throwing things in garbage bags and trying to drag them down the hall. Man. That has got to suck so much. Can you imagine? One minute you're in school, and the next thing, your stuff is in trash bags and you're on the streets, which is pretty rough. I mean, the last person who had to leave college that quickly was Aunt Becky's daughter. Having your university shut down instantly is not a normal thing. I mean, except at Trump University. Okay, class, uh, today we're gonna be learning about business finance, and the most important thing you want to... Oh, shit, it's the cut, We gotta go, we gotta go! But even though students are no longer at school, they're still supposed to be going to class. And students are quickly being confronted with the reality that online learning is a little different than the real thing.
1: College classes that once looked like this, now look like this. Students say they miss interacting with professors and campus resources such as libraries and study groups are gone. Students claim that online instruction is far below the classroom experience. They suck. Literally, they suck. We're now um, obligated to spend about half of our day uh, Zooming our teachers. If you're in like a 200 person lecture and like one person forgets to mute themselves, then it, that's just like chaos. Some even getting Zoom bombed in this class by a clown. During a remote learning class, the University of Miami instructor shared his screen with the students. The main page had that day's lessons, but some eagle eyed students spotted the words. Busty college girl at the top of his screen.
0: Yeah, during a college Zoom lecture, uh, the students noticed that their lecturer who was sharing his screen had a tab open for busty college girl. And that is so embarrassing. I mean, who still uses the word busty? What are you searching for porn in the 1920s? Looking for busty flapper girls? Now, to be fair, to be fair, we might not know the whole story, right? because tabs get cut off all the time on a computer. Yeah, maybe that browsing tab says busty college girl, but then when you see the full website name, it's actually how to respect and act appropriately around busty college girls. We don't know, we know. But yeah, students are quickly learning that online college is just not as good as the real thing. It's kind of like how online gambling is not like the real thing. I mean, yeah, you can lose your money, But if someone's not there to break your legs, then what's the point? And here's the other thing about online classes. Even if they go well, classes are not the only important thing about going to college. Students and families pay huge tuitions because they want the entire college experience. And now that they're not getting it, they want some of that money back.
1: Protesters are taking aim at colleges and universities. Students picketing schools, saying they're not getting what they paid for. They have filed class action lawsuits demanding partial tuition refunds. One claims online learning is subpar in practically every aspect. We have to pay $55,000 for the same, basically the same thing you could find on a Coursera or edX for, for $50.
0: I totally get why these college students want their money back. I mean, imagine paying for Yale but instead now you're getting University of Phoenix. It's like buying a ticket to see a movie starring Tom Cruise and then you get there and they show on starring Ted Cruz. You gotta refund my popcorn at least. And it's so unfair that these students aren't gonna get their money back when their professors are so rich that they can even afford elbow patches for their jackets. I mean, that's not fair. And why are they protecting their elbows anyway? They're not rollerblading. So right now, because of coronavirus, college has become much less appealing. And because enrollments have dropped so much for next year, colleges have gotten desperate. So desperate that they're willing to accept students that they never previously would have even considered. Which means shit's gonna get really interesting next semester. My son got into Harvard because he got perfect SAT scores. Oh, my son got into Harvard from a Groupon. So now, May is here. And this weird, unprecedented school year is coming to an end. And the good news is, While the class of 2020 may not have gotten everything they might have wanted out of their final semester, they're still finding innovative ways to make graduation day as special as possible.
1: Trent Johnson went to Ohio State University, but the school didn't hold commencement. So Johnson walked across his family's living room (laughs) instead. One business school in Japan, getting creative. The graduating students take a virtual walk across the stage to receive their diplomas as robot Avatars. Students are holding their own graduation ceremonies on popular games like Animal Crossing. UC Berkeley's class of 2020 is getting creative when it comes to celebrating their achievements.
0: We are recreating the entire UC Berkeley campus in Minecraft to host a commencement ceremony. It's going to be an open day for everyone to just explore campus, kind
1: of relive their memories, take photos. I'm imagining just the entire campus-wide party.
0: Bravo! These kids recreated their entire campus in a Minecraft video game? They did this just so that they could get together for one last hurrah. And you know this reminds me of when I spent a semester studying abroad in the mushroom kingdom. <laughs> Young love. Jatem Bowser. Jatem. Now, if you're not lucky enough to have gone to a school that's figured out how to throw a whole commencement inside a video game, you can still have a kick-ass graduation because celebrities everywhere are getting together to do virtual commencement addresses for the entire class of 2020. Like Oprah is doing one with help from Simone Biles, Lil Nas X, and Miley Cyrus. President Obama, he's giving one with LeBron James and Malala. Yeah, that's super cool. Although it's gonna be tricky to watch an Obama speech over Zoom, because you'll never know if he's buffering or just pausing for effect. And to all the young kids out there, Uh, you gotta, uh... Mom, you gotta restart the router. Follow your dreams. Never mind. And I'm not gonna lie, man. These virtual commencement addresses, they seem like a really cool idea. So we at The Daily Show, well, we thought we would share our own inspirational message for the class of 2020. Well, class of 2020, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. are. At home. At home. At home. I'm stuck in a hotel room in Bulgaria. And I know this wasn't the graduation you were expecting. You thought you'd be with your fellow graduates on the campus lawn, hungover from the night before, trying to figure out how to break up with your boyfriend who wants to follow you to the big city. But instead, we're meeting on Zoom and judging everyone's living room furniture. And I know some of you are worried that this pandemic might stop you from reaching your dreams. But I want you to know that even without this pandemic, nobody reaches their dreams. Nobody. Most people just end up doing a job they don't hate until they retire. It's just life. You think my dream was to work on this show? I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be a dinosaur. I wanted to not live in a hotel room in Bulgaria. The concierge is a horse. And the fact is, the story of your life is still being written. This is just one chapter in your life, a life that will no doubt be filled with many other pandemics. But remember, you have so much to look forward to, like the year 2025. I think this shit will have died down by then. And once this is all over, your class will make a huge difference in the world. Statistically speaking, 10% of you will go on to lead companies the rest of you probably murder
1: someone. So, great things await you. Until then, use this time to travel. Go on an adventure to like, I don't know, the other side of the hotel room. Explore
0: the really far corners of your backyard. I heard somebody's
1: buried there?
0: Visit the attic of your house. You'll find your mom's old journal that says that your dad wasn't her first choice. But she decided to settle for him anyway because eye doctors make great money and that she would learn to love his nipple hair. And as you go out into the world, remember all the people who touched you along the way. Because those are probably the assholes spreading this virus. Why are they going around touching everybody? Let me tell you something. If you try to touch me, I'm going to... And as you move forward in life, the most important piece of advice I can give you is this. You are much stronger than you think just like that off-brand toilet paper you found on the dark web. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. luck. Help me get out of this hotel. For real, call the embassy. When we come back, I'll be talking with the great singer-songwriter, Jason Isbell. Stick around. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with Grammy Award-winning musician, Jason Isbell. And we spoke about his new album, Reunions, and how the coronavirus is going to impact the music industry. Jason Isbell, welcome back to The Daily Show, now known as The Daily Social Distancing Show. How are you,
1: sir? I'm good. You know, all things considering, we're healthy and relatively sane. Thanks for having me.
0: Coronavirus has affected everybody's lives in in varying ways. You know, now, for people like you, like you said, you're healthy, you've you've got your family, and you're making do... Um, but there's no denying that the music industry is going to be one of the hardest hits after this virus. I, I mean, I, whether there's a or you know, not, it's still going to take a long time before people can be in groups again. It's going to be a while before we, we see large gatherings. Tell me about the music industry and what's happening right now as a musician, as somebody whose you know, music pays so many people's salaries, whether it's people who work at the venues or on the road. What, what, what are you seeing from the music industry right now?
1: Uh, Nobody knows what's going to happen. And we all, I think, have come to a consensus that it's going to be bad. Um, You know, and for me, like when I'm in the bubble of my home with my family, I can still create. That's something that, you know, as long as I have my life, I can still find a way to make music. Um, So that I don't think I don't think that's dispensable in any way. But as far as making a living, making music it's going to be a lot harder for people who, um, were, you know, living show to show or or paycheck to paycheck, you know, And, and it's already changed with the fact that we don't sell as many copies of albums as we used to. And, and, you know, so we've had to shift our thinking a little bit. Um, I feel very lucky because I'd gotten to a point where I had a bit of a safety net, you know, that's not going to hold up forever, but, uh, had it been 10 years ago when I was still riding around in a van playing for a couple hundred people a night, you know, I would have to start rethinking career choices and uh, and making some hard decisions. Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough because it is uh, dispensable. You can't eat a rock and roll record. You know, I mean, you can and, and I probably tried at some point, but it's not going to not going to help you. Um, so it's tough for us. Uh, but the thing that I try to focus on is I can still make music. And the original reason I started making music was not to make a living. So whatever happens, I'm going to be able to to help myself be in the world by making music. And I, I rely on that right now more than I have since I was 15 years old and locked in my bedroom wow. with nowhere to go. Tell me, um, tell tell me a little something. bit
0: about some of the music you're creating right now. Is Are you one of those artists who creates like is, is coronavirus inspiring everything you create or are you using coronavirus to like, to write about everything else you've experienced in life because I, I feel like everyone is choosing one of the two everyone's some people are thinking about isolation only and then other artists are going no I, I think about everything that's not coronavirus and that's what I'm making music with
1: well it I got lucky because I have made a career out of writing uh, lonely folk songs basically and so now it's perfect I just keep doing what I'm doing I already was writing about sitting alone in my room and not being able to touch anyone um, <laughs> so it just it slides right in there for me but to tell you the truth I sit with headphones on and I play the electric guitar for about 5 hours a day uh, when I get the opportunity to do that and it's just like I did when I was 12 or 13 and wow so I feel like my musicianship is, is getting better um, and I'm still writing. I take notes all the time. Right. It's not really been, I'm somebody who needs a little bit of time and that sort of, uh, you know, I need the moment of tranquility. I think, I think that's a Wordsworth thing, but I needed that time after something serious happens in my life. I need to reflect on it a while before it comes back out as a song. Um, so I think a year from now, I might, I might start writing about this particular time uh, for now, I'm just trying to get through it and, you know, not snap at everybody.
0: Well, well, luckily, your fans don't have to wait a year to hear new music because you've got a new album that is coming out. Um, it's called Reunions. Tell me a little bit about it.
1: You know, I went through this period after I got sober uh, a little over eight years ago where the person that I used to be, I looked back on him with a lot of uh, judgment and a lot of disdain, and it took me a good six and a half or seven years before I felt like I could be friends with that guy again, Mm. Before I felt like that was safe, you know, because I didn't want to forgive myself too quickly for fear of turning back into the person that I used to be. Finally, in the last couple of years, for whatever reason, um, I felt comfortable looking back at the music that I made then and the relationships that I made then and the person that I was then. And, uh, you know, revisiting that, going and sitting down and sort of having a conversation with that person and not just hating his guts anymore, because it was safer to do that. So once I started thinking of those things and those people, then a lot of uh, memories came back and and sometimes in the form of ghosts, um, you know, they came back to me in a way that I'm more equipped now to write about than I was 10 years ago. When I was a falling down drunk and only had a couple hours a day when I could be productive, you know, now I can use the the writing skills and the focus that I have to make music that that guy wanted to make ten years ago but wasn't capable of.
0: Damn, that's uh, I mean that adds context to the album in in a a whole different way. You know, I I know you've always written um, from from a from a, a place that is way deeper than surface level, and I. I think I appreciate how much thought you put into the music and, and the, the, I think the, the subjects that's, that you sing about. Um, I know that you're in Tennessee right now. As far as I know, it is reopening or has reopened or some of it is reopened, which is interesting because Tennessee was also like one of the last states to, to close. So are you, are you eagerly getting back out there? I, I would love to know from someone who's in Tennessee, if you're like jumping back out, if you're seeing people back out in the streets or is it a hesitant approach to getting back to normal life.
1: Okay, I, ha- I have a, a theory about a lot of the folks that are going out and just jumping right back into their normal life or whatever ver- version of it is available to them right now. I think a lot of people uh, in America and everywhere, a lot of people that I grew up with, a lot of people that I still know, they see the same things pretty much every day. They go to the same jobs, they see the same people, You know and some people love that some people hate it for me it was never really an option i I couldn't stand that idea so i have spent my life traveling and trying to experience as many new things as possible so when i see something that i've never seen before i recognize it as something that i've never seen before and i try to act accordingly if that's extra dangerous then i think okay i've not seen this i don't know exactly what's going to happen um, and if it's exciting or exhilarating, then I think I need to enjoy this to the fullest because I've never seen it before. And I might not see it again. Right. I think a lot of folks uh, make the mistake of thinking that they have seen this before uh, because they don't have a lot of experience with something they have never seen before. They're not in practice, you know, of experiencing new things. And that scares me. I'm not going out, man. I'm, you know, if I have to go do something, I'll go do it. But I would rather, uh, you know, be thoughtful to the people that I care about. I lost uh, a friend of our family, John Prine. He passed away a couple of weeks ago from uh, from COVID nineteen, and you know that broke our hearts. We were very close to John and to his wife Fiona and to their family. And yeah. you know, if his if if he's the only person that this virus took, that would have been enough for me in the house for as long as I needed to stay in the house. If that, if it was just John, but everybody knows somebody and if you don't, you will. Uh, you know, so for me, it's just, it's not, it's not worth it to go out there and risk it. Man, I could talk to you forever,
0: but I know you gotta get back to life. Um, I wanted to say thank you again for taking the time today.
1: Thank you, Trevor, have a good day. Welcome back to the
0: Daily Social Distancing Show. That's our show for tonight, but before we go, even with so much else going on in the world right now, we were once again reminded this week that all too often black lives simply don't matter. And as we wait to see if justice will be served in the murder of Ahmad Aubrey, our condolences go out to his family and to his friends and his immediate community.